Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger. Welcome to the Cafe, Wealthies. Well, grab a cup of something yummy, sit back and prepare to be inspired. I'd like to start by thanking you all for tuning in, listening, and to continue to be my guests here on the podcast, tuning in with all of your attention and responding and letting me know that you're enjoying the show. That means the world to me. We are currently listened to in 10 countries and rated in the top 5% of all podcasts. That is something I am really proud of. And in order for more people to find the show, it would be really helpful for you to give us a five-star rating if you haven't already done so, or rate this episode and give us a five-star rating and write a review. That'll enable more people to tune in and to listen to what is going on here in the Entrepreneur's Cafe. So if you'll do that, I would be so appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about attitudes perhaps in a different way than you've heard before. And some of you have been with me for a while. It'll be a little bit of a reminder. So when I talk about attitude, I'm not just talking about what goes on between your ears. And let me give you an example. If I said to you that last night, went out to dinner and the waitress had a real attitude, And I didn't say much more than that. And then I asked you to get physically right now into a posture that showed me how you think the waitress was standing. I mean, go ahead and do it if you're in a place you can. Like, what did her face look like? What did her body look like? She had an attitude. I am going to guess that if you're doing it right now, that you've got your head cocked to the side, your eyes rolling, and maybe a hand on the hip. So what I mean by having you do that is for you to understand that attitude, for all of us to understand, that attitude from the inside out is more than just what's between our ears. Our mental fitness is both informed by and informs our physicality. So how we're currently sitting or standing is having an impact on our mental fitness, on how we're thinking, on our clear, focused thinking, or the other way around. The way that we're thinking, the way that we're, we have or holding our attitude is also having an impact on our physicality. One informs the other. What I want to do is read you an essay that I wrote in my book called Seven Sacred Attitudes How to Live in the Richness of the Moment, way back in 2005 and six. The story, the essay, is so relevant for now that I thought it's another time for me to just revisit for myself and revisit for all of us. And the essay is called Recovery from Unusual Attitudes. And it's about an instance on the 4th of July 
when my husband and I went to a barbecue, met up with an old friend that was there who had just recently done his another instrument rating for his pilot's license. And he told us a story. So I'm going to read the whole thing. And then at the end, I'm going to explain to you sort of, in my view, the impact on me and my life as an entrepreneur that this story had. What I'd like you to do is to be reading between the lines here of, you know, how can a story about an airplane inform me as an entrepreneur? And I think that if you tune in here, you're going to really understand that it does. All right, here we go. So recovery from unusual attitudes. Some evenings are more memorable than others. This is one I will never forget. It was the 4th of July and my husband and I were attending an evening barbecue at a friend's home in the Berkeley Hills. But it wasn't the gourmet food, the sweet evening air, or the brilliant fireworks display that took my breath away. It was the story I heard. You know, between bites of potato salad, our friend Tom told us about his recent accomplishment. He had just added his instrument rating to his private pilot's license, and he was still excited about having done so. He told us this. The day before my final instrument flight rules check, I went out to the airstrip to get some more practice, Tom said. I didn't hired my instructor to fly with me for a few hours. He happened to also be the FAA examiner who'd be with me for the check the next day. So I knew I'd get some really good feedback. I climbed into the left seat of the Cessna I'd rented and my instructor, Bill, sat beside me. He told me to take the plane up to 5,000 feet and that he'd instruct me further once we got there. Well, when we reached the altitude, he indicated, Bill's instructions surprised me. He said, I'll be taking over the controls here, Tom. I want you to close your eyes. Tom said, I was scared as hell, but I trusted Bill. And so I did as he instructed. Just sit tight, Tom. I'll let you know when I need you to open your eyes and take over again. Tom said, first, I could feel the plane climbing higher and higher, and then finally level out. I had no idea what Bill was planning. The next thing I knew, the motor turned fewer RPMs. The plane slowed down. I heard that familiar click-click as Bill flipped switches and changed settings. But that wasn't all he did. There are two sets of rudder pedals in the plane that are connected to each other, Tom told us. Since I could feel the set moving beneath my feet, I knew that Bill was also manipulating the rudder from his. I could tell that the plane was turning to the right. I felt the left wing rise. The plane stayed that way just a little too long for my liking. I was dying to open my eyes. My hands began to get sweaty and I felt a little bit queasy. The nose was up also and I knew that if Bill didn't make a correction soon, the flight of that airplane could go into distress. But then Bill said to me, she's all yours now, Tom. Get this plane stabilized and open your eyes. I opened my eyes and my panic turned to terror, Tom said. We were in the midst of a cloud. I didn't know which way was up. I had to rely on the instrument panel. 
And in that instant, I realized this was the test. Now, my fear didn't leave, but somewhere in the midst of my panic, Tom said, I found myself flying the plane and just breathing. With each breath, I found all my flight lessons were there for me, right within me. I did what I had to do. I trusted myself. Before I knew it, I had stabilized the plane and was flying straight and level. And then Bill smiled and said to me, nice work, Tom. Now do a steep 720 degree turn to the left and come out on a heading north. Then do the same thing to the right. After that, descend from this cloud cover. Tom said, I did the rest of those required maneuvers, he'd instructed, and brought us down out of the clouds. I could see the airstrip again. I took the Cessna in for a smooth landing and taxied to the tie downs. I turned off the engine and looked at Bill. He shook my hand and he said, great job up there, Tom. You've passed the test. I breathed a sigh of relief, Tom said. The whole experience was really quite incredible. Well, there at the barbecue with my mouth wide open, ah, maybe a little bit of potato salad hanging out. I said, wow. When Tom finished that story, I had to ask, did the instructor create that situation just for you? Or does he do that for every pilot's instrument flight test? Oh, that's a regular test, Tom said. It's called recovery from unusual attitudes. Attitudes, I said. I thought the word was altitudes. No, Tom said. Attitude is a term that means the relative position of the plane to the horizon. When the wings are level, and the nose is parallel to the horizon, you're in a stable flying configuration. When you execute a maneuver other than that, say make a turn or lift the nose to go higher, the plane is in what's called an unusual attitude. If a correction isn't made soon, a hazardous flight condition can occur. That's when I became speechless. Tom's words struck a deep chord in me, as if a rich, low-pitched gong had gone off inside my entrepreneurial head and vibrated through my heart. He didn't know it, but Tom had just given me a gift. In one short story, he'd summed up my belief in the power of attitudes and how they are physically based. His words left me in a reflective mood for weeks. I thought about what it means to have unusual attitudes in life and in business and what it takes to recognize them. I realize that we all hold attitudes that cause us distress, ways we make ourselves miserable, actually. How often do we take the time to identify them? I wondered, how often do we make a concerted effort to make attitude adjustments throughout the day and get back to flying straight and level in our entrepreneurial lives? Tom's story also caused me to think about the oh-so-familiar attitude of self-doubt. 
During his pilot's test, Tom faced that attitude head on. And he had to trust his inner self and his training. But it was more than his training that helped him move past self-doubt into more important territory. It was his attitude, the way he was holding his back straight, the way he'd remembered to breathe, to focus on the job in front of him, and to trust his inner wisdom to access his skills. All of that helped him bring the plane back to stable flight. His story will always remind me to choose to do the same, to mind my attitude and use my inner wisdom. That, my friends, is the end of the story that I wrote in Seven Sacred Attitudes. What I want to say here is a reminder and an underline and an underscore of what I just read, which is for us to really be thinking about what attitudes are we currently holding that we might call unusual attitudes that if we hold them long enough, they might lead not only just to a stronger amount of distress, but an actual disaster in entrepreneurial words. No, so that is why I am so committed to practicing continually the skills of mental fitness, the skills of positive intelligence, and the skills of knowing how to shift your body to match and shift your attitude so it informs your body. I love all that. Very frequently, I do a free masterclass called Access Your Inner Sage. And it'll give you an opportunity to actually practice some of that and then invite you to go further with me to explore how you too can access your inner sage on a daily basis in your work as an entrepreneur. All you have to do to find out about those masterclasses is shoot me an email, tapwitherica at gmail.com, and just put masterclass in the subject line. And I'll be glad to keep you posted about when the next one will be. What I want you to do right this week, if you can, is to be thinking about what attitudes keep you flying on course. And where in your life do you engage the attitude of self-doubt? And then what support do you need to begin to use inner wisdom and trust your inner sage? And if I can support you during my masterclasses and subsequent work, please reach out. Until then, and until next week, I wish you very, very good flying. Thank you for stopping by the cafe today. Wealthies, always remember that success is in your nature and true wealth starts from the inside out. All of the information from today's show will be in the show notes, including my email. Don't forget to rate and review us as well so that other people can listen in and find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to their favorite podcasts. Have a great week. Be well. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart. Follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash 
Toolkit. 